Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn. This is actually like in the afternoon too. It's about 6 p.m. on Saturday. Joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand in the morning. What's going on, John? It's actually 11 o'clock. We sprung forward last night, so we're only seven hours difference from you. Look at that. I've never felt closer. Yeah. Other yeah. than, you know, when, we've, when we hang out in person. It's yeah, been a it's while, good though. not to have to wait until my afternoon for you to come home from whatever you're doing and then ask me last minute if I want to come on and record. It's nice. Playing a 10 o'clock at night hockey game? Yeah. 11.30. Those games are the worst. I got an 11.30 game tonight. Worst. Had an 11.30 game on Sunday and a 10 o'clock game on Wednesday. The 11.30 game on Sunday was the most boring hockey game I've played in a really long time. Played against a former congressman and uh, we lit him up. It was an 11 to 3 game. Was he any good? And then, no, he's terrible. He's an awful goalie. Oh, he this was our is, goalie. Uh, this is uh, this is Tony uh, Weens. What's his name? Yeah, Tony Weens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Was he a congressman? Yeah. Okay, I thought he was. For some reason, I thought he was governor. No, he's a congressman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're thinking of somebody else who was uh, also had his own fair share of issues. <laughs> uh, yeah, pe- what's people in yeah, New what's York? What's going on? What's going on with New York? What's going on with your city and your deviant men? Your deviant leaders, other than AOC, who's running around wearing dresses that say tax the rich at a Met Gala, which is just which is very interesting. We never talked about any of that. But um yeah. No. There's 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 a reason why people hate millennials. I think that's one of them. I don't think so it's not a matter of our city. It's it's just people, politicians in general. I don't know, but you guys have a, a track record over the last twenty years. There's been more Trump scandals. Also, in, a, a New York. That's what I right? mean. There's been more scandalous people coming out of the state of New York from a government perspective over the last uh, ten years than anywhere else. Yeah. Name me another. Name me another state that has as many scandals. Now, again, you can say what you want about Florida and their crazy politicians, but not not what we've seen. Where we've seen governors impeached and stepping down and resigning congressmen go to jail um trump <laughs> so yeah I, th- I think i think new york in general it's it, florida and new york are the two states that have a okay. quite the storied history of politics and you know what fair enough new york's a big state but still okay so i'm looking at a big ad on the Chicago, Post, I think, but, historically has had the most, right? That's where the most corruptions happened is Chicago, or Illinois. I'm going to um, leave this to people yeah. who know what they're talking about. The okay. Washington Post. Fake news. Probably, but that's the first one that came up. This is a headline. New York, Andrew Cuomo, and the six most corrupt states in the country. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So number one is New York. That's what, that's what they say. Yes. So so below is, all right, so is a more subjective review of some of the biggest modern offenders. So New York has has four major elected statewide officers, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and comptroller. Since the 2006 election, 18 people combined have served in these positions and 11 of them ultimately succumbed to scandals. Wow. This includes some double counting given that Cuomo served as attorney general and governor and Patterson served as lieutenant governor and then governor. But even if you count for that, that's nine out of 16 statewide officers, office holders all over the past 15 years, a majority remarkable. Wow. wow. Beyond the government and acting lieutenant governors, the number also includes former state attorney 
State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman, who resigned in 2018 amid his own sex scandal, and former state comptroller Alan Havesi, who resigned in 2006 while pleading guilty to felony for defrauding the government. So here we go. Oh, here we go. And it doesn't even count for the full scale of scandals in the state legislature, including the the conviction of former state assembly speaker a few years ago, or scandals in the Congress and the congressional delegation, notably recent convictions of former Congressman Anthony Weiner, Michael Grimm, and Chris Collins. President Donald Trump later pardoned Collins. So there you go. Uh, number two is Illinois. Yep. Makes sense. So they, uh, they have a, they have a rap here of, uh, Rod Blagojevich, right? That's how you say yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. He went to, he went to prison. Yeah. Done, yeah. He, Trump, Trump, did he pardon him before he left office? He pardoned. No, Blagojevich. no, 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 no. he was, a, he, he was, did, a, right? he was a Democrat. He wouldn't do it. No, he did. I think he pardoned him. Look that up. I'm pretty sure he pardoned him before he left anyway, office. Says, well, that, was, that was one of the surprising names. People were like, really? Like, why, why would he? Why would he pardon Rob Blagojevich? And I, I think he because again, Trump is a Demo- like people don't realize that Trump was a Democrat for a long time. He became a Republican because of reasons. So yeah, I, I'm 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 ninety. You're right. Sure he commuted. He commuted his sentence. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so he let me. Him, but still. But let me. I want to read this because this is funny. While New York governors are great at resigning due to scandal, Illinois governors might be the best at actually being convicted of crimes. <laughs> Yeah. Since since 1961, the state has had 11 governors and four of the 11 have wound up serving prison time. Rod, Rod Blagojevich, who I just said, George Ryan, Dan Walker, and Otto Kerner. And then the fact about Trump you just mentioned. Other recent scandals ensnared a powerful Chicago alderman and several top state legislatures and former longtime state house speaker Mike Madigan resigned earlier this year after being implicated in a bribery scandal. Madigan has not been charged. And that doesn't include convicted former members of Congress, powerful former House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Dan Rostenkowski, and former Congressman Jesse Jackson Jr. and Mel Reynolds. Former Congressman Aaron Schock, Aaron Schock resigned amid his own scandal, but his felony charges were dropped thanks to a deal with prosecutors. Yeah, that was one of the knocks when Obama was becoming president, was talking about how Illinois is like this real corrupt state. And Blagojevich was governor, I think, at the time that Obama, when he ran for president. So yeah, like like that's when you want to know where the Democrats do their dirt, it's Illinois. Yeah. Uh, so number three is Louisiana. Oh, that's number an interesting f- one. Yeah. Number four is Alabama. Yeah, the two poorest states are, I guess Mississippi's the poorest, but. Alabama and Louisiana aren't high up there as far as financial. So it makes sense that poor places would be, you know, full of corrupt politicians. Five is easy to guess. I think it's Florida, right? No, Florida's not on this list. Wow, really? I guess, yeah, Florida just has crazies, but I guess they're not actually corrupt. Hmm, Let me see. The corruption corruption is also based on people who get convicted and stared at sandals. It doesn't doesn't mean like if you're an asshole you're you're on the list right like you're not on this list because of shitty policy right yeah. so let me, let me see if i can guess this then so if it's not florida uh las vegas uh nevada nevada no. politics come on man when you when you think like mob when you think like what well, it's it's pretty obvious right like come on think about think about other high profile scandals in the last 10 years let's see high profile scandals like dc doesn't count because that's not a state um 
and obviously that's where a lot of things would happen, even though they're, you know, they're actually members of Congress or members of the Senate from other states. Uh, mob ties would be Jersey. There you right? go. Like the whole bridge. Number okay. five. The whole, whole bridge thing with what's his name? With uh, Chris with, Christie. Um, yeah, with Chris Christie. Yep, that's there. Mm-hmm. And he and was then, he was uh, he was yeah. the next up too. He was the guy that was supposed to be the Republican, sort of the hey, this is the guy. This is a Republican with great ideas. He's going to be the one that sort of brings in conservative ideas. But he's also you know he's also got some you know he's also a bit of a moderate. And then the bridge stuff happened, and he just now he's on CNN <laughs> or he was on CNN. Yeah, he's floating around. He's yeah. always had um, and he still has that influence. Like he's still buddies with Trump. He got, I'm pretty sure he got COVID because of Trump. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. He was one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, number six is Rhode Island, which makes perfect sense. Really? Yeah. Rhode Island. Makes perfect sense. I guess sense so, right? Yeah. It's just I, hidden because no one's paying attention. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you you could get you could at least try to get away with some shit in Rhode Island. That's at least how I'm, I see I'm, it. I'm surprised that California and Texas aren't on this list at all, just given the sheer size of them, right? Yeah. Let's see here. I wonder if there's a way to... Uh, because the thing is, this looks more at governors and conviction like if you actually went into the state legislatures instead of looking at their governors then that could be a difference um disgraced i, I don't know i don't even know how i'd search for that but or like georgia yeah, know, right like, like the covid that. stuff right that was out of georgia that was what's her name who owned the WNBA team who was trading stocks you know after they got briefed on covid about to hit america they started trading stock um, because they knew the market was going to crash, right? So there's there's corruption oh, everywhere, yes. but I guess when people are going to prison, <laughs> that's a little different. Yeah, for sure. The point is, he's a terrible goalie. Uh, he was our goalie for a while, and he also we lost a uh, we lost a shootout in a semifinal game with him and Net, and I will never forgive him for that. Wow, you know he should have been convicted for that. I don't wow. know under what charges, but. You know, he let us down. Wow. My favorite thing about him is he's so bad. He'd always let in at least like three or four goals in, uh, in the first period of every game. And then he'd come to the bench and he'd just say, come on guys, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. <laughs> like he knew, he knew what was up. Yeah. It's you don't, tough. you don't say that. You don't say that coming in with a clean conscience. You say that when you know, when you know you messed up a bit. It's tough. It's real demoralizing as a defenseman. When you, when you stop all the pucks, all of them, right? You put your body on the line. I would never. And then they still let in three, four goals. And then the goalie comes back and goes, guys, I, I need help here. I can't do this by myself. And you're like, bro, True. bro, I'm stopping shots over here for you, man. You've got the pads on. <laughs> help me. So, yeah. 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 So, Happens. so that game, really boring game. We lit them up Wednesday, really close game, but we, we pulled out a winner. So I got, I'm on one team. That's two and oh, and I'm on another team. That's oh, and one for going for, uh, going to try to, level that out tonight and go one and one of course we got a, an 1130 game tonight it's very exciting too much hockey <laughs> too much hockey as it's I'm only two old. teams but because yeah, as, as of I'm, the way the schedules work I'll, I'll tell you what waking up is not the same i'm i'm starting to feel it hmm. your diet's not helping out isn't that the whole point you stay again, healthy. Like, sure, sure you stay feel young. great again you, you yeah you can stay young and healthy but you know you, you do enough of it and then you work an office job it's just you, you get old you're not going to bounce back like you're 20 um, for the end of time. So it happens. Not with that attitude. I, you ever, so how often now do you wake up and be like, 
Is it uh, every morning? Beginning of the week after hockey, the first couple of days. Yeah. I feel fine. Yeah. But still, it's just... You know, it's stretch not that a, out. Yeah, again, I'm realizing I'm, I'm on the back end of 30. So... You old. Yeah. You Trust me, it's going to come for you next. <laughs> you, old, you old as fuck. Yeah. And then again, you're you've you you're you you've got the you've got the body of a of a small teen. Yeah. Which helps. But I have been which looking helps. at my face lately and I realize getting old, aren't you? I'm seeing it, man. I see yeah, it. You're getting there. See the, getting there. See the the hairline starts the to come back f- a little bit. No. Unfortunately not. I'm waiting for that so I can shave my head and just just wax it, you know. Get I mean, it, get I mean, it you gone. Can just do that. I mean, you can just do that now. <laughs> no, I can't. It's just it's rude. rude. There's nobody stopping you from doing that now. It's rude. Bald by you know, choice. Just lean into it. It's about sending a message. Um, yeah. What's What's the message? <laughs> <laughs> the message is, you know, appreciate what you got, and then when that starts to go away, just let it go. And I can only do that second part if it starts to go away, and it's not. What's, what's the longest around. you've let your hair grow? Oh, it was last year, definitely. It was last year when I didn't cut my hair for like three months. It was longer than that because it started in March, right? So right before, so March, yeah, March, April, May, June, all of all of those. So, so what? So it was like, actually like, like, like four like months. Touching your like touching your ears. Oh no, it touches my ears pretty quickly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, my how hair. long is this hair? Is it? It's not shoulder length. No, it's just, it's just gets very thick and curly and gnarly and gross like you wouldn't even right. realize that i haven't cut my hair for four months but i do because i feel it it's like my neck starts to tilt a little bit because of the weight of hair that's just like all masked in this in this congealed thing it's like a brillo pad it's just like a brillo pad <laughs> sitting on my head it's so horrendous you should, you, should, you should just let it grow out just grow that fro then what what do you mean then what then one with anything just let it grow let it do its thing see no, what happens i tried i tried i did it i saw what happened i hated it <laughs> for I three months, it, I three it months when it grows is out. nothing. I hate it when it grows out for four weeks. Three, three four months, months is nothing in the, in the scale of time. It was that's four nothing. months. Give it, was give it a year. Months. Give it a year. No, that sounds awful. Give also, it a year. How much, my hel- my how much would I have? Fit. How much would I have to give you to let your hair grow out for a year? All of it. What does that mean? <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Everything you got. Give me, give me the house. No. Give me a like something reasonable. Really, you wouldn't let your hair grow out for a year. No, like you've it's never too been uncomfortable. curious to see what it looks like. You've never been curious. I have. I I, I saw what it looked like after four months. I'm like this sucks. And Again, the thing is, four, I even asked. Months, I've I'm, asked. I'm, I've asked the person who cuts my hair. You know, I said, "Do you think there's anything else that I could do with my hair when it was like super long?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't think so." Yeah, because he just wants to keep getting the money that you're giving him or her to cut your hair. They don't she? want anything new. This is easy. Yeah. yeah, she. It's easy. She just shaves it all the way down, and then and it's then, not a shave. It, you know, there's some trimming going on. Keep some sure, on the top. Sure. She does a very sure. nice job. Again, I, little... I, I'd be. You say like I did for four months. I'm asking you three times that length. What, what would it do? I'm curious. I, you wouldn't do it. I would you be. Do I would be mad. I would be mad all the time. You might unlock a brand new side of yourself if you just let your hair grow out for a year and see what it looked like. Let's take my raving life to the next level because I have hair right. that bounces around when I head back. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Sounds terrible. If you're scared to it's try it, then uh, I also I also don't understand yeah. the like talking about hockey. I don't understand the people who have really long, like thick hair like that, and how they how the helmets don't feel you really s- uncomfortable. And I don't you understand squeeze it in. That really, you're, you're talking to someone really who's got hair. Beards, you're talking really to someone beards. who's got. You're, you're talking yeah, to someone right. who's got hair that's down that's down below there. I mean, it's down the middle of my back at this point. 
Wow. And it's fine. You. It's and glorious. It's fine. And it's fine. You squeeze the helmet on there and you get to work. It's simple. Yo, I could not do that. No? Imagine that. Look, this is why uh this save, is why when you, when, you, when you when you want to know why life is at a standstill, it's conversations like this. You're afraid to try new things. You think you think life's at a standstill because I don't want to cut my hair because I don't want to grow be. my hair? Might be. Again, only you know. I do know. I did it. I hated it. Like why do you think the like You're, what's going <laughs> to happen between month I got to ask, what's going to happen between month 5 and month 12? That's gonna really change my mind. I'm gonna send you the picture of me with really long hair. Can you can and, you can you make me a promise for when your midlife crisis starts that we talk about it on this show? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get into it now, but when it happens, I'm happy to be here for you to have an open and honest discussion about what what's the meaning of life and where are you going. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. <laughs> So when it happens, when it hits you, just know that this podcast and the listeners of this podcast, that this is a safe space. Okay. That we're here to help. So you just let me know when that midlife crisis comes and you're thinking about buying a Ferrari, you come in here and oh. you talk about it first. Or whatever yeah. your midlife crisis looks like, whatever it is for you, you, I think you I, let me know. I think I know what my midlife crisis looks like. Do you? And it's, yeah, I have a general idea of it, like what happens. And I'm pretty sure it just involves me like disappearing (laughs) (laughs) again let's talk about it before you do it even if it's so you're gonna pull Dave Chappelle you're gonna go to Africa or your version of Africa which is what Japan (laughs) yeah it'll be like just yeah picking up a backpack and just going to a bunch of cities and just go disappearing and uh like by myself and just hiding (laughs) it'd be something like that (laughs) look when, when, when this happens just you just bring it to the show the show there. would love I'm to sending, discuss. I'm sending you this picture options. now of me with my long ass hair and my crazy ass <laughs> beard. <laughs> yeah, you should let this totally grow out. I think no it'd look good if you way. if you let this grow out for another for another <laughs> for eleven eight months. And the beard? Oh, you should totally. I I am looking forward to your midlife crisis. I really am because I think this no, is great. I won't. I don't think that would be part of it. It's not like I'm <laughs> in Castaway. And of course, when you have a beard that long, this is the only good part about it is that you could shave a handlebar musket dash. See, if you just skin. got out of the like, if you just let it grow, you just let the beard grow out. You let the hair get a little longer. You got nice volume, right? It's not thin. You got you got good volume. You you don't have a giant forehead. Yeah, it's the opposite of thin. It's thick. It is. Yeah. So it if is you let it grow out and, and you let it kind of curl out, I, I I think you'd find a whole new side of yourself. I really do. I think it'll unlock quite the bit of potential that you don't even know is there. I don't. I I don't know what this even means. Like, what what kind of potential are you talking about? I'm I'm telling you, you should you should feel free to walk on that wild side and see what happens. Wild side. I don't get look. It. Like I said, when it, when it happens, when that midlife crisis starts to creep up, you bring it to this show. We'll talk about it. All right, I'll do that if you if you promise to do the same. Yeah, sure. Yeah, again, I I, I think I escaped the midlife crisis. I think moving to New Zealand gave me a not even a crisis it gave me a third life right that was a, i'd say if, if 30 is the, the third of your life versus like what 40s 45 being midlife crisis yeah i got a ways to I, go I, before a midlife crisis right it creeps up for some i mean it depends on how long you plan on living <laughs> so for some people midlife crisis is 40 some people it's 38 depending on how, how long your life expectancy is um, but for me, I feel like I kind of fought that off by moving to a new country. It, it fought off some of those, hey, am I doing enough with life? Am I making the right decisions? 
have I really unlocked my full potential? I feel like I kind of did that already. I feel like I found that out. So uh, yeah, I think I'll skip over the midlife crisis. To be honest, I think I'll. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I'll maybe it. go to a bit of a to to a, maybe a little later midlife. Maybe in my fifties, I'll start to question things and figure out why am I working? Have I not earned enough? Yeah. So think yeah, about, um, think about your legacy. Yeah, exactly. You start having those types of discussions, more secession discussions, where you're like, man, have I made my impact on the world that I've wanted to make? Um, versus you, I think it's just going to be like, have I done enough? And then you just let the hair grow out, you let the beard grow out, you go backpack around some random city in that Tibet. That won't be part of it, because no matter what, I will always pack the razor to make sure that... Oh, well, I guess I would. Yeah, I just shave. Again, you say point. this but now. My, li- my midlife crisis would definitely start with me shaving all my hair off. But again, you say this, <laughs> but you 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 don't know what you, your midlife crisis might might go into just being like, you know what? Nah, I don't want to shave anything. This is who I am. This is Possible. me. Who could say? Who could say? That, that's what I mean. So when it starts to happen and you start saying, you know, I remember that discussion. And I just, you know, I just haven't felt like shaving. And you want to mm-hmm. talk about it. I'll be here for you. <laughs> okay. That's when you know something's wrong. When you're like, oh, yeah. What's going on with your hair? You like see a picture of it on Instagram of me with um, like really long hair. He says, oh, what's going on? You want to talk about a, that? You, you, just be, you start working in a matcha factory. A matcha factory? What would they be yeah. doing in the matcha factory? Just just drying tea, making matcha. And you Wouldn't just, I be in the field? Become, I'd be in, yeah, the, I'd work in the field. You've got, a, you've got a hair net over your beard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely, and you're just you're just this random this random white guy that showed up, and he's your solid employee, and you're just you know you're quiet, speaking fluent do, Japanese, speaking fluent don't even Japanese. Know how. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know how. You just woke up one morning and you just speak fluent, perfectly accented Japanese. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and you'll be in your mid forties, and someone will come by and be like, "Wow, where did this guy come from?" And you've got a whole story to be great. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You let me know. Don't leave me hanging when it happens. Don't just disappear. You got to oh, give us a warning we'll, first. Okay, yeah. you got it. We'll do. We'll do. Um, I have a follow-up from uh, a couple weeks back, which I forgot to bring up last week. Um, Arlen says, a pita is not a wrap, and anytime I get a falafel and it's wrapped in a pita rather than stuffed inside, I am extremely offended. Hmm. Also, as a kid, we never said falafel sandwich. The sandwich part was implied by the word falafel, and according to Wikipedia, the word can refer to just the fried chickpeas balls or the entire sandwich. Well, there you go. She called it a sandwich. So, and then she told me where the best falafel anywhere is um, somewhere in New York. But she had, but she hasn't checked out any of the other places that I think are the best falafel in New York. So we're gonna have to, you know, compare compare various places. All right. So there you go. I, I respect her opinion, even though I disagree. You're on, you're on crack. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> other, uh, other things in the food world. I made ube French toast this morning. Or I have no idea sweet, what that is. Purple sweet potato. Oh, that's right. Toast. So there it's like a purple bread. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It was good. It was good. Very purple. Very, yeah, very. Purple. I, I just don't understand like the 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 bright green and bright purple food groups <laughs> for you. I like how you call it something a food about the group. Is there something about the color? Like the color? Like do you like do you eat blue food? I'm trying to think, well, just blueberries, but they're not really blue. There you go. I sent you a picture. I sent you a picture of the of the ube French yeah, toast there. That's grimace 
Well, that's not that purple. But it's got a hint of grimace in there. It is way more purple than it looks in the image. Like, I I assure you, it is bright purple. Yeah, why does your phone not pick up this high dynamic range of this color? Because, Because the lighting in my kitchen can only be described as murdery. For for someone who's for someone who's making all these food pictures, you haven't invested in a setup to take better photos. And nobody got time for that. <laughs> I'm barely motivated to clean the dishes afterwards. You think I'd be motivated yeah. to like set up a whole thing to make the whole uh I don't even know. Make make I'm everything gonna, look I'm pretty. Add this to your add this to your midlife crisis options. You just become I chef. went I went to a restaurant once and become I John Favreau at, of French toast. <laughs> That sounds pretty nice, actually. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Has it started? Does this mean yeah, it started? I'm, I'm telling you. I, I look forward to being like, <laughs> you know what? I, I just really realized that French toast is my passion, and I bought this yeah. food truck, and I'm just going to drive around New York City making purple and green French toast. There is a French toast food truck in Portland that I've really wanted to go. It's called like French Toast Connection. Every time I go, I want to go. And I, I should just go, like, just take my dad's car and do it. And I'm sure it'll be fine. But every time I said, yeah, I want to check out this truck. And he says, you really, you really want to do this? You really want to go to that truck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Next time I'm going to do it. Next time I'm going to do it. And nobody's going to stop me. Nobody's going to stop me. Um, but it was okay. It was, pre- it was pretty good. It was like a milk bread of sorts. Um, as far as blue foods, I don't know. I don't know if there's any explicit, like, is any food actually blue? Because uh, you, you mentioned, you may talk shit about the color, but matcha is green. That's why it's green. And then mm-hmm. these purple sweet potato is purple. Hence why that's purple. There's probably some food color in there anyway. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised, but those make sense. There's plenty of green foods out there. Like there's a lot. Uh, we talked about the, although the pistachio thing is weird because most of the pistachio is not green right yeah. wait it is yeah yeah so anyway the point is it's not that crazy when you say something blue i don't know what's actually blue what's a blue food like a I think you just blue find food. blue stuff in sweets like the really colorful things tend to be sweets right it's like blue unless corn. it's red just yeah so there's blue corn there's obviously anything with blueberries will tend to blue, blue potato know, yeah blue we'll tend to, cheese come on we'll tend to doing? dye stuff right so like you can get you know um, cake, it's blue. Yeah, but that's not blue. Naturally blue. We're talking about no. You know, like you, you say like, blue oh, food. you like these, you like these green and purple stuff, like this yeah. really inorganic stuff. Like the green mm-hmm. is healthy. Can we agree that matcha is healthy? I know you want like to sure. start some weird conspiracy theory where <laughs> all of a sudden matcha gives you like a random side effect, it's, like the it's, it's vaccine. It's just to give you anxiety given how much of it you eat. <laughs> that's, gives that's me all, no anxiety. Purpose whatsoever you're trying i feel like you're trying to start my midlife crisis (laughs) by making me question everything that i do that's the whole theme of this podcast (laughs) been gaslighting you for six years (laughs) this is oddly enough this is this is one of the parts of my week that keeps me sane all right you'd be surprised you want to catch me in a moment i'm just planting the seeds you you want to find me in the middle of the week and i assure you there are moments where i am just walking on the side of that cliff and if you were to find me and you just push me off boom i'm gone (laughs) i'm on that plane ready to go somewhere don't know where but somewhere Uh, it's coming i look forward to it because i think out of it will come a new you Mm. i think it will come an exciting you 
uh, a you who will take chances and risks and maybe do things out of the ordinary, but find great joy from it as well. I look forward to it. I think a midlife crisis, as long as as long as you don't affect those around you, right? If it's a personal right. crisis, and I think that's the problem with most midlife crisis is that they come with. And again, this is this is this is a stereotype for when people would be married and have children young, right? So people would be married and have children in their like mid early mid twenties. So by the time they hit 40, 35, 40, right, their kids are, you know, on the on the verge of being grown, right? You got 15, 16-year-olds. You're in your late 30s. You're starting to see, like, you know, I didn't get to live out my youth the way that I wanted to. I've been raising kids since I was a kid, since I was in my early 20s. Now I want to go buy that Ferrari or I want to get a divorce and go marry a 20-year-old and go do fun things that I don't feel like I've been able to do. You're not in that position. So your midlife crisis will be fun. Like, right, who is who is it affecting? You'll be great. Yeah. Anything's possible. But then what yeah. is it a crisis then? What defines a midlife crisis then? Well, if it doesn't have it's, some form of negativity. Or is it well, just again, a matter of questioning to, your identity? At well, the that's point? what I mean, right? Like, it's negativity to those who see, wow, he's really he's really become different. Something's wrong, right? It's not the same when we talk to him. He starts talking about crystals and and mystic journeys through the through the Tibetan forest where these monks live. <laughs> and people go, "Wow, he's really losing it. This isn't the, this isn't the Jay that I know. This is somebody else." So, I would say for the most part, midlife crisis are crisis to those around you more than yourself unless you're doing very destructive behaviors, right? Like if your midlife crisis, you know, if it requires um heroin and cocaine, and I say that because Michael K. Williams, rest in peace, uh, yeah. died of an accidental overdose. But yeah, like you just see like Yikes. that type of stuff, like those super destructive crises that you see from men of middle age. And you start to question what your purpose on earth is. And you start to look for deeper meaning. But if it's mostly just like if it's not destructive and you're not doing anything harmful, I think a lot of benefit comes out of that, which is cool. Yeah. Fair enough. So then maybe it's not a crisis. Maybe it's a transformation. It's like, it uh, might be. it's like, a, that's what I mean. A, let the hair grow out. Cocoon, let the beard grow midlife out. butterfly. It's, yeah. Yeah. You're like a, you're a caterpillar just waiting to cocoon to become a beautiful curly froed orange beard butterfly. <laughs> cause, cause there's a bit of orange in there. You got a bit of ginger. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When it, when it starts <laughs> to grow out and the sun hits it. Yeah. 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 Definitely, a, little, uh, you got a little ginger in you. It, it's there. I see it. I haven't always seen it because normally you got the ten ten haircut. Just that little lick in the front is there, but everything yeah. else is shaved down. So yeah, <laughs> pretty much it comes out. Uh, yeah, I think it's more visible in the beard than in the hair. Like you don't really see it at all in the hair, but when the beard starts growing out for at least like three weeks, yeah, you could see it. Yeah. Clearly a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't want to tell you, man. We'll keep an eye out. Uh, <laughs> Crisis Watch twenty twenty one has started. We'll see how that goes into 2022. I will say I, think, I am like busier now than I've ever been. And and ever. and and look, I'm 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 joking at your expense because you're a good sport. But in general, I would say that we're going to see a lot of this coming because COVID has really changed people's perspectives of on. Oh yeah, like it's coming where you're going to have a friend out there who is just going to say, you know what? Now that we can travel again and we're all vaccinated up, and I got my booster shot, I'm going to go be a monk. That's coming. Oh. I, I guarantee in everyone's life there will be one person who does something that everyone's going to go, wow, that was really strange. Because people have had more time to think about what their place is than ever. So yeah, it's it's I'm I, you know I'm poking fun because you're because you're here, but I think in general 
most people are going to have well, that one person in their life that's going to just go find new meaning. I think COVID's changed everything. So, Well, my theory, because a lot of people will say people aren't going to work because they're getting paid by the government. But I think that by being forced to be inside and not work, a lot of people that had a job that lost it or spent more time at home, it's like their entire perspectives have changed and they might yeah. not want to do the thing that they were doing before. To your point that you're making, why why is that so crazy? Why is that so surprising that after, you know, you have extra time? Like for me, for example, I alone working home was able to get back about an hour and a half to two hours a day just by saving on that commute. That's yeah. two hours a day that if somebody else had or can actually put towards anything they wanted to. Yeah. That you wouldn't otherwise. So look, think about the number of people, thought. especially like right, like we're and again, I live in New Zealand, but it's a it's a, still a Western culture, right? So there's still two no people ice. working, right? Two people working, you know, f- trying to find time to spend time with your kids and daycare and trying to make sure that you can give everyone the best life possible. And there's plenty of people who, when they started to, people started to work from home or other people who maybe couldn't work, right? Because not everyone's job is work from homeable, if that's a word. Um, you're not able to work, work from work home if you're a service home? industry or workable from home, right? Everyone doesn't have a tech job or a computer job. And I think there's a lot of people who just realize, you know what? When we don't eat out and we don't travel, and we're all kind of here. We don't one. We don't spend as much money, and two, we actually kind of know what our kids are doing. Like we're actually part of doing their homework. We're actually having more discussions with our kids. That happened here in New Zealand, where a lot of people just again have not gone back to work. And I think the 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 problem, if you look at the statistics, is a lot of women who didn't go back to work, and that's what they're saying. Well, wait a minute, the pandemic has hurt women more than any other group of people. Obviously, there's only, you know, between men or anyone who is identified as other, you know, that women specifically have decided that spending more time at home or maybe, you know, being told, hey, I've got to be career driven. I've got to go this career path. And then realizing, you know what, now that I actually get to spend time with my kids, it's not really what I want. I think that's grown quite a bit. So a lot of, like you said, it's not just that people are getting paid by the government. A lot of people realize, you know what? I actually, we actually don't need this. We were spending money on stuff that we didn't need to spend money on. Now, like I said, people forget very quickly once you can travel yeah. again because I saw that the U.S. Oh, is going to start I've, letting I've people fallen, in. Yeah. I've fallen into back some into old habits hard. Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. It's very easy, right? So we'll see how long it lasts, but it's it's an interesting experiment of when you restrict what people can do, you start seeing how life maybe returns to kind of what it was before. Before, we had all these opportunities and things that people now take advantage of, and some people love it, some people hate it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting proposition of where things are headed now that, uh, now that everyone's getting vaccinated and the world's opening back up again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have any, uh, I don't have any news or stories or anything like that to talk about today. Yeah. But I've got something I can, I've got a couple of things I can bring up, but go for it if you've got something. But, but before we get into, cause we got, we got a bunch of like media stuff to talk about, or at least I want to talk about. And um, I just want to say, when I was out today, I read a sign, and I want you to help me understand what this means. It was outside of a Rite Aid, and it says this. The prophet, spelt P-R-O-F-I-T, of Allah, said this pharmacy belongs to Egypt. Everyone on the ground should go to Australia for the judgment day. That's the whole note. It was in writing. It was, it was on um, what looks like loose leaf paper. Mm-hmm. It was taped to the window. What do you think? It's funny because what you just said is the plot of the third season of the show called The Leftovers. 
Everybody goes to Australia for Judgment Day? Well, the main character's dad goes to Australia because that's where Judgment Day or something's supposed to be happened. So the third season of that show, right? And, and the show starts, that show starts where it's, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a Thanos situation, that show, when it starts, right? Mm. The show came out in like 2011, 2012. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe a little later than that. Maybe it came out like 2015, 2016. But anyways, <clears throat> where it's like, this event that they just call like the departure where like uh like two percent of the population just disappears so like it's a normal day and then all of a sudden there's like a car that crashes into a building you're like what happened it's like the driver's just gone right Mm -hmm. so there's this whole thing about like what happened it becomes sort of like what happens to the leftovers the people who are left to deal with this you know this thing that happens so the whole premise of the show is there's this group that sort of becomes like this you know hey we're waiting for our day and you know here this guy is now the second coming of jesus christ and then the main character is a police officer and his dad kind of you know goes everyone's going through this trauma because he his wife kind of becomes part of this cult because one of their kids i think disappears and so the third the the third season of this is basically the guy who's a police officer goes and follows his father because they feel like he's like well the judgment day is going to happen in australia and he goes there to go find like salvation so yeah so that's i laugh at that because that immediately made me think of this show (laughs) oh um so yeah maybe someone is uh maybe someone has just watched that and said i'm going to australia for the judgment day well i put it on this right aid also it's the property of egypt apparently and uh and that's that's according to that's according to the prophet of allah so he said this pharmacy. So that means Allah, yep. who's a prophet spelled with an F. Okay. P R O F I T. Like 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 money prophet. Yeah, yeah, like money prophet, not prophet. <laughs> prophet of Allah said this pharmacy, meaning specifically this Rite Aid, belongs to Egypt. So everyone on the ground should go to Australia for judgment day. It doesn't say when, it just says you gotta go. Maybe that's the start of your midlife crisis. Maybe it's a sign you need to go to. They won't even let. They won't even let me in the country. (laughs) I think they're still locked down. Actually, they're not locked down. You can you can go out. Here's the thing: in Australia, you can actually go out and have picnics with people outdoors, outside, outside, within within five kilometers of you. (laughs) So there's like Venn diagram. There's like uh, Venn diagram apps, so you can see who you intersect with to have picnics with, and where you can actually go to meet that's crazy yeah. yeah look new south wales didn't do the greatest job of of you know you know actually locking down and things they kind of took the american approach of like well let's wait and see and then it got pretty bad they did at so. first well no they didn't they didn't do what new zealand did they didn't completely lock it down they kind of waffled a bit and said well maybe we'll just do a, a bit of a lockdown for a week or you know, like it was just and that's why they still have thousands they still have a thousand i think they had a thousand cases yesterday um so yeah, I think they're again, but it's happening everywhere. Like we can't keep doing these lockdowns because money, <laughs> profit, with an eye, profit for Allah. Gotta yeah, make that I money. Guess, I guess so. And I guess you guys have uh, gracefully recovered, right? Everything's back. Yeah, Auckland's still getting cases, but I'm walking around. We've got to wear masks and stuff. And again, look, I'll give people credit. Went out yesterday. Went to the hardware store. Everyone's wearing a mask. Makes you feel pretty silly if you don't want to, if you want to go out there and be one of these anti-maskers, you are alone. Everyone is wearing a mask. Even outside? Everyone outside. Everyone's wearing a mask. It's pretty remarkable. People in New Zealand follow the rules. Yeah. So, outside. Cheap. Whatever. Anyway. All right. What did you want to talk about? 
Let's get into that. So my phone came. Yeah. You hate it. Okay. So I bought this Galaxy Z Flip 3. I think that's the name of it. It's the longest name ever for for product. My phone is also a Galaxy. It is the Galaxy. I think it's the Samsung Galaxy Ultra. The Galaxy S21 Ultra 5G. <laughs> too, too much. That's what it's, it's too called. Much. That's what it's, it's called. Too that's much, the full man. name of it. Like, can Samsung not just come up? Like, this is part of their, like, Galaxy Z Flip 3. Like, that's a long name when it should just be called, like, the Flip. <laughs> well, here's the problem. The problem is they started with the Galaxy, right? And then the ga- mm-hmm. and they numbered those. And then Galaxy was meant to be their flagship. Then all of a sudden, Galaxy S became their flagships. So everything had this S, and then that distinguished being the best. Then at some point, they said, well, actually, no. Now we have an Ultra version. And then Ultra became the flagship, while the S just became a standard. Um, And then Galaxy is across the board, everything. And now they have to diverge so they could have other categories. But there's different versions. But there's the fold, and then there's the flip. Yes. Yeah, and I knew so that off the top yeah. of my head without looking that up because it's I'm pretty amazing. A because yeah, because you you really care about tech in a way that I don't. Um, like it's funny. Like even when I'm starting to transfer stuff over to my phone, there's no games on my phone. Like mm. my phone is pretty. Like I don't do much with it. Um, which is why this phone, um, when I bought it, the idea is like, well, this thing actually collapsed into something that's pretty small and handheld, which is pretty awesome, right? I, I like. I don't want a big honking phone because I don't need to watch videos on my phone. I'm not playing games. I'm not doing the multimedia stuff that I think requires a bigger screen. Like, right, like between the flip. So to, to explain to people who don't know what this phone is, even though I think we've been bombarded with ads for this phone in New Zealand. Yeah, I don't know so if you like, guys have been. Okay, so same sure, thing. Yeah. Right? So it's mm-hmm. the it's the phone that kind of collapses into a traditional foldable or to a foldable phone, right? So it's like when it's folded out, it looks like a regular, like a regular modern day smartphone. When you close it, it looks kind of like a little wallet-sized collapsed thing, right? It looks a bit more like maybe a Razer did back in the early 2000s or like a, like a regular Motorola flip phone. The Fold, when it's folded, looks like a regular smartphone. When it opens, it looks like a tablet. So that's the difference between the two. The Fold is, is much bigger, and the Flip, you know, the full size of the Flip is actually just like a regular phone. So I went with the Flip. Yeah, well, the be- the best way to look at it is that the... The fl- yeah, it, it's kind of like what you said, but basically the fold flips to a tablet, and then the flip flips from a standard to a f- phone to a to like a more pocketable square. Yes. So I get the phone. The packaging is pretty straightforward. Um, my my immediate takeaways now when I bought this phone, right? This is this is something that was nice because when I ordered this, the company I ordered it from here in New Zealand gave me a bunch of free stuff. They gave me a free like uh, like a four hundred dollar pair of like. Um, noise canceling headphones, and they gave me a wireless charger. Cool. Now I must say, wireless charging might be the greatest invention. <laughs> it's so good. Wait, did you of not the last of the last what ten years? Because this has been out for a while. I've just not been. I've I've been oblivious to this because. Come to oh find my out, God. my Pixel three, my Pixel three wireless charges. I had no idea. Yeah. I was shocked. I, was, I put I it on the thing, say. and I was like, I was like, oh wow, look at this! It's just charging. I had no idea. Holy shit! I was surprised. I was like, oh wow, look at this! Now I've got a new love for my Pixel three because it wirelessly charges. Oh. I just put on a little thing, and it charges. It's great. So yeah, that's the first thing. Wireless charging is awesome. If you haven't used it, 
Because when did wireless charging start? It started like a long time ago. <laughs> I'm going to tell you when. And you give me shit for this, but it started with, I'm going to say the Palm Pre was probably the first one to really push wireless charging. Because it had, yeah. like, they, it actually pushed with those stones and they were awesome because they were just like these little tiny pucks and your phone like snapped to them like with magnets. It was incredible. The Palm Pre, the Palm Pre 2 is still my favorite phone of all time. No doubt. Um, but yeah, then, because I loved it. And then in my Windows phones that I had, they were it was always there and when i switched to android the nexus and the first two pixels they didn't have them and then they start then they came back in the pixel 3 but and i an iphone just got wireless charging i think with the 12 with their yeah, MagSafe the wireless now, right? charging yeah, yeah exactly so in the wireless charge that's probably like a thousand dollars to buy <laughs> <laughs> no no um, surprisingly they actually do use standard same. chi yeah, okay. thank god because there was a point where there was two different types of wireless charging protocols there was chi wireless charging which is qi and then there was power mat which was energizer i think they did it or something like that and these two were competing so if you had one it wouldn't work with the other and vice versa so that was so thank god now everything's chi power mat's dead and basically if you have something that wireless charges it'll work on any wireless charger which is cool because they're they're even like in starbucks you'll actually see wireless charging points at tables which is really cool and now you're oh, gonna see cool. now you're seeing lamps and stuff that have a base for wireless oh, charging fun. and computers like an all-in-one that i think hp just announced where at the bottom of it there's in the tray it wirelessly charges it's awesome it's really really cool so, so yeah, wireless so charging so is the shit it's always been awesome yeah so so that's the first thing i realized with this because they gave me a wireless charger I plugged it in. I put my Pixel on it. Oh, look at that. It charges. Then I put my flip on it. It charges. This is awesome. Look You're at like this an old man. Charger. You really, you really like are old. When it, when it comes to phone, hell. when it comes to phones, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Because I, I mean, use a phone to send messages to people. Um, so yeah, so I get this phone, right? And the first thing that everyone asked me, because I, I carry this phone to work a couple of days and went in, analysis looked at it. Everyone asked, how long is this going to last? Oh, that's not what like I like like first. like just from the onset. You think about a phone, like you look at it, and you're like, "Oh, that's weird. This is a phone that like it flips into a regular smartphone. How long is that hinge going to last?" Right? Everyone just sees it as a point of failure. Mm, yeah. And when you actually start using it, now the, the creases, you you still know that the crease is there. That's what I would ask. How how does yeah. the crease affect your day to day usage? So it doesn't affect it at all. You still realize that it's there, but the phone is still completely like it feels like a regular phone after about two minutes of using it. You don't notice that the crease is there. Like you just don't because okay, it's a regular cool. smartphone with a nice, clear, really bright screen. But yeah, like it, everyone kind of immediately wants to start opening and closing it, going, "How long is this going to last?" And it's like, well, if you keep doing that, it's not going to last long. It's like you're almost gonna you're gonna break this thing. So it, that's my question with this, is that so far, I'm loving the phone. I think it's great. Um, the only thing I don't like, and this is this has made me realize why I was such a fan of the Pixel phones. I hate all the Samsung crap that they put on this phone. Yes, I hate, I hate it. it. I hate it. I do too. Just mm-hmm. give me the regular Google calculator. I don't need the Samsung calculator that's green and black and orange. Give me the regular calculator. The regular messaging. Just give me the go- take your crap, your stupid Samsung store to get apps. Take that crap off my phone. So 
it made me realize why I stuck with the pixels for so long because I forget what it's like to have another company try to push their ecosystem onto you. When for me, it's like, no, just give me the Google stuff. Like, I just want regular Google yeah. apps. And then anything outside of that is a third-party app. I don't want your, which I guess you kind of consider like a second-party app, where it's like you put all your crap on this phone and I'm never going to use any of it. It's a waste of time. That's my only complaint. But that's a that's a, anything outside of Google complaint, right? That's a non-pixel complaint. Every Any phone you buy these days is going to be wrapped in its, own, in, its, in its own app version of Android. Right. Otherwise, yeah, like, I love the yeah. size of it. I love the front screen. The front screen is great to be able to check notifications and be able to see. You can even play music from that front screen. You can do a voice recording from that front screen. You can take photos from that front screen, which is super cool. So you can, you know, with the phone closed, it uses the back camera. So the higher megapixel camera and you can just you can take selfies or you can take photos around without having to fully open up your phone. Um, so that I love. That's cool. And I don't I don't take a bunch of pictures of myself, but it's cool just to know like if I wanted to quickly take a phone, I just have to tap the power button twice and then use the volume button to snap a picture and I'm good. Yeah. Um so yeah, big fan of the phone. First new phone in a very long time. Uh I still have my Pixel. I still like my Pixel. Um and my Pixel is still doing great, but this is a this for for a New Zealand phone. This phone is going to be good. So we'll see how long the hinge lasts. That's my only current concern because I think it wasn't a concern until people kept asking me about it. And now I'm like, yeah. I don't think it's, it's a concern. To- I was I was yeah. trying to find how many um how many thousand, folds. 200,000 okay. yeah. folds is supposed to be the number. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Because after the novelty wears off, you're not just going to be sitting there flipping over and over no. and over again. Uh, you might have already, you've probably already stopped doing it. But for Pretty, the everyday like person, you, leave you it should open. just don't. You give yeah. it to somebody and you say, look, you get 10 folds. You can do it 10 times and then I'm taking it back. And that's all look, you it, get. It's either that when you're at home, you're leaving it open like a regular phone or it's closing in your pocket when you're walking around. Those are the kind of the two modes that I use this thing in. So like if I want to look at the time on my phone or I want to look at notifications, I can do it with the phone closed. But, but when I feel I'm like at home and I'm using cool it, use case, leave it open. There's a pretty cool so. use case for it to be. Do you have the wireless charger you have? Is it like the lay flat one or is it the stand? Lay flat. You just okay. put the phone so on the thing, yeah. So that's interesting because then you can use it in that kind of half open mode. So you can use it like it's docked. No, that's weird. The half open mode, because it does, the screen will split. There's, it's happened a couple times. That, and this shows you how much of an old man I am. I still don't really know how some of this I stuff I don't like works. it. No, it's fine. It's just I'll click on an app and next thing you know, it like snaps to the top half of the screen. And I'm just yeah. like, well, wait a minute. Like my chat's at the top half, but there's like a like the the browsers at the bottom half. And I'm like, well, well, how do I separate it out? And do I need to? So there's some confusing like UI things that I haven't figured out yet that I might never figure out. But yeah, how I would use this half and half? Like I guess, like would you play a video on like this? The half and half seems to work better for me from the pictures I've seen for the fold, right? Because then you can kind of use it a bit of like an emulation machine where it's like you've got a screen on the top half. You're watching a YouTube video on the bottom. You can do something else and you kind of use it like a like a switch or like a like a Game Boy or Nintendo DS. Right. Which is the use cases I've seen with the fold. But for the flip, like what am I going to do half and half on this screen with? Uh, I just think of keeping it popped open. So at an angle. So it's more at eye length. So you can like if you get notifications, you could probably quickly respond with the keyboard at the bottom and. It's just a better sight line. Oh, so you don't yeah, have to pick it all up. That. You just Using the bottom is like a lay flat keyboard and the, exactly, and the top yeah. is like a screen that's face towards. Yeah, I'll try that. I haven't thought yeah, about something that. Something like that. I have no idea. Huh. I, I don't know. I actually do use multitasking quite a bit on my phone. Like if I'm managing, if I need to do something with um, 
know, managing something on my roster or lines or something or need a copy, basically with spreadsheets. If I need, if I need to make any spreadsheets uh, changes, I'm usually referencing something else so I can use that in split screen. So yeah, that's the difference well. between me and you. <laughs> I ain't opening up spreadsheets on my phone, man. That ain't happening. <laughs> I, like you, the, the use of a spreadsheet gives me anxiety anyways. But I, I, I specifically picked the career I picked because there were two things that I didn't want to have to use on a day-to-day basis. Hmm. Excel is one of them. Can you guess what the other one is? Google Sheets, which is their PowerPoint. 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 I said, I said, when I was maybe 17, 18, I said, these are two things I don't want to have to do, right? Because we had like a computer class. And as someone who's pretty tech savvy when it comes to computer stuff, I was like, I can't spend the rest of my life looking at spreadsheets and, and looking at PowerPoint presentations. Now, I've had to do more of that as I've become more senior in my career. But yeah. man, is it a slog every time I have to do it. Make, I am so bad decks. with Excel. I'm bad with all of it. I'm just awful with it. And I'm just, that's when I start to realize I've become a bit of an old man with technology. A lot of it's just by choice. <laughs> that's fine. That's exciting. A lot of people make me spreadsheets because I just play dumb and just go, you know, I don't really know how to use this stuff. Can you just do this for me? And someone's like, yeah, cool. I'll get some really, some really eager production person to fix a spreadsheet or make me a PowerPoint template. It's great. And then I just put the content in there and then I just, you know, just play dumb. <laughs> like, I don't know how to use this. Can you do this for me? It's great. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, the phone is cool. If you're looking for a new phone, I, I suggest it if you're in the Android world and you want something. And again, I've always looked for smaller phones, right? I don't like the big, the big giant screen. If you need a big multimedia screen, this probably isn't the phone for you. But if you're someone like me who uses your phone more for kind of dumb uses, so emails, Gchat or Google Chat, use yeah. it for reading a bit of the internet, then this phone's mm-hmm. great. You can kind of open it up, you use it, you close it, put it in your pocket, and you're good. I dislike Samsung software so much. I'm probably going to buy the new Pixels that come out, even though there's yeah, nothing bad. wrong the with my phone stuff's right bad, now. But I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be out of the Google Pixel universe for a little while. Um, it's good. It's a good change of pace, and we'll see what happens. Maybe, uh, maybe a new Pixel Seven or Eight will come out, and I'll switch back. So we'll see. There's rumors that there's going to be a foldable Pixel out this year, which is going to be crazy. So there's oh, a Google event soon. What's the next Google event? Google event 2021. Let's see here. Oh, they said October 5th is what they're thinking. So we'll see. Not too long to find out for that yeah. one. Yeah, cool. Anyway. So that's my Speaking news. I've got some media news, but that's my that's my non-crazy story article of the week. Otherwise, I've just been reading the news about this about this woman who was killed. And I've got some I've got some pretty controversial thoughts. Probably not controversial, but there's something that I, happens when, when pretty white people disappear. Yeah, that was going around <laughs> for a while. So it's not that weird, controversial. Right? It's, no, it's, it's not. Super but it's super weird, but it's and it's I, super I, invasive I, yeah. of this poor woman who obviously was killed. I, I'm gonna say obvious, but I would say there's a highly, more than highly likely chance that her fiance murdered her. But the media coverage of this has been really unsettling, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much because she's blonde and she's attractive. And there's something about that that like we got to stop doing that because it's not only it's not only not fair to all the other people who don't look like her who go missing. It's also not fair to her. Because then it puts her into this light as if she's, oh, this she's special because she disappeared. And how could this happen to these, you know, people who look like this don't have these things happen to them when there's very clearly, regardless of how attractive you are, you can be in terrible situations that unfortunately might cost you your life when it comes to relationships or, you know, abusive 
abusive relationships or bad fiancés and all that type of stuff, right? So it's, it's a disservice to the pain that she probably went through, but also it's a disservice to all the people who are Asian or Black or Hispanic that go disappearing and that no one cares about the way that we care about this. So it's, it's odd. I hear you. It's, it is very strange. I don't know why the pickup was so strong. I mean, to your point, maybe that's just what people gravitate towards. It's all about ratings, I guess. Because a lot of people go missing all the time. And yeah. they only hone in on these specific cases. And you wonder, well, why this one? And I was <laughs> reading an article on CNN about like these two, like, and again, like the, the whole van life concept, you, you know what this is, right? It's, it's young people tricking out camper vans and things and then traveling the U.S., which is, you know, on the face of it is a bit of that. I mean, we just talked about sort of, you know, taking risks and journeying and adventuring. That's got a bit of that in this, right? Where it's like, well, what am I going to do with my life? Oh, hey, I don't need to spend 1500 bucks a month on an apartment. I'm going to go trick out a van and travel around and meet new people and have new experiences, right? And so that's what these two were doing. They were traveling around the U.S. in a camper van. And obviously... That that's pretty tough, right? Like if you're in if you're in your early twenties and this is a fairly new relationship, just because they're they're not very old, and you for the first time get an experience where you're in tight quarters, you're basically in like a like a room with someone all the time. So it's not like you get privacy. It's not like you go on your own adventures. It's not like you go to school or you go to work or you know you get different experiences that help you, you know, maybe not be on edge or every single problem isn't around that tiny little box that you're living in. And so it's a bit of this, like, is is hashtag van life a problem? And it's just like, ugh. it's like, we just, we do this when the person who disappears looks like this. And it's, it's, it's dissatisfying for everyone, <laughs> for every single, and I don't know why they do this. And I like, you're right. They, because people want to, they see her and they go, how could this happen to her? And so everyone gravitates to this and young people are trying to, you know, there's a mystery here. Let's find out where she disappeared to and, you know, look at footage and uh, TikTok videos and all the crap that happens. But it just makes you feel really sad for her because she's the one that lost her life. And now they're going to parade every photo she ever put online. And then half the people are going to say it's her fault. And the other half of people are going to say, you know, this shouldn't happen to people like this. It's gross. It's all gross. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins did this bit where he was talking about go ask Alice. And it's one of the funniest stand-up bits. I, I am in tears when I listen to it. It's so funny. But there's a point where he says, like when he kicks it off, he says, it's about a girl who finds herself just drowning in drugs and alcohol and addiction. And it's like, he's like, but you don't understand. He's like, she's white, just <laughs> like you and me. A white girl? But I'm white. <laughs> and that kind of sums it up right like that's, that's exactly what it is it's yeah. just it's just real and there's a section of and again this is everywhere right this happened when there was a young british girl that got murdered here in new zealand it was very similar like going into her sex life going into oh these are the things that she liked and she didn't like is it her fault for meeting strange men online like it's it's all of oh that where it's like every every single perspective of this is toxic all of them of it's all men are awful and all women are off. Like it's it's just every single emotion, every negative emotion comes out when these stories happen, and it's always that the people always kind of look the same, and that's the problem. Is that there's plenty of young black girls and plenty of young Asian girls that go dis- that go missing or are in abusive relationships or get murdered by partners that you just don't see this type of discussion around. Like people just don't care. Yeah, sad stuff. Yeah. 
So, anyways, that's uh, that's my news story of the week. But I didn't want to bring down the podcast with all right. With then, 30 then I'm going to talk about a news story of the week that's huge. And speaking about being an old man, yeah. Uh, let's talk about this. The Nintendo 64 came out. Classic system. Came out in the United States September 29th, 1996. Wow, 25, 25 years old. ago. Okay. It's classic. Game probably had about 16 games on the entire system that were worth playing. And <laughs> it is highly adored in today's society. And by myself included, I love it. I mean, is it more adored than the GameCube? To me, the GameCube, for whatever reason, sticks out to me as like, that's a system that I remember being like, this is the future of video games. I don't know why, but there's something about yeah. that. Maybe because I was old enough and I was able to afford my own games and I was just, you know, I wasn't so much asking for parents to buy you something. I was old enough so to be like, well, it's work. I'm going to go different. buy this little tiny little disc. It's just different. It's different, and I'm going to explain why. The N64 came out at a time when 3D games was starting to find itself. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. So it had a it had the chance, just like PlayStation did, to kind of create new things in a time where new things basically had to be created because you had hardware that could just do things that couldn't be done before. Hmm. GameCube had an amazing library of games. One of my favorite games of all time, Eternal Darkness, is on the GameCube. Hmm. Um one of my one of the most overrated games of all time, Super Mario Sunshine, is on the GameCube. That game sucks. I went back, I played through it, hated it. Um, very pretty though, and fun when you're not asked to do something specific. Um, it also had my favorite Zelda game of all time, which is Wind Waker, right? But the thing about GameCube is it's probably the least extraordinary Nintendo system because it didn't do anything that the Xbox and PlayStation 2 did yes, at the same I time. That. Yeah, I agree it, with that. Because it did the exact same thing. The biggest differences between the GameCube were that it had these little discs, which made storage a problem from time yeah. to time, and it and it had um, and it had the dopest controller, but it only had one. It only had three shoulder buttons instead of wave, uh, it had wave, one so less wave, button than all the others. Wave the wave bird was GameCube. That was, that right? was GameCube. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was great. Like that was the like the best first wireless real... controller. It's great. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Other than that, the GameCube was, like I said, the least extraordinary of of the Nintendo consoles. So yeah, there's a bunch of great systems. It's also GameCube in that era. That's when 3D games started to become established. So you had this kind of balance of things where you didn't need super high fidelity because you couldn't. You were still working in like a 480p scenario. And you could crank out games like you can't do now. So you could have this quantity. And the 3D was polished enough where stuff could look good, where you could look back and find plenty of things on GameCube, PS2, and Xbox, which look, which still look good today. They're yeah. few and far between, but they're there. Yeah, but N64, I'd say there's probably no games that still look good today. Well, it's, well, <laughs> it's funny, right? Because yeah. one of the games that I thought was put together, like Jet Force Gemini, I think, is my Dark Horse game on the N Nintendo 64. Right, it's good. It's good. It's it's just and again, it's not necessarily that it's extraordinary. It's just you can play as multiple characters, and there's different missions, and there's a dog. It's fun. I watched a video of that game maybe a year ago. God, that it's game looks mess. terrible now. It's ugly. It looks a mess. The shaders are all like the the textures are all stretched. Like it's a mess of a game. But I remember it for whatever reason as a kid of being like, this is beautiful. Look how yeah. awesome. Look at the colors. Look how great this game is. And, and yeah, you're right. Like Banjo and Kazooie, like all those N64 games, none of them hold up. No. And the problem was it was, you know, you're talking about like um 
you know, sub 480p resolution and like everything being super blocky and pixelated. Yeah, it's bad. Like you really had to define our set. Like even Mario 64, which is fine looking because it does everything it it needs to do is still not exceptional. You know, it's it's like, okay, I guess this is okay, but it's not like it's not it's far from good at this point i'd say some of the 2d stuff like a game like mischief makers or yoshi's yoshi story but anyway i i'm gonna let's just take a sidebar here because i want to get to the point mm-hmm. the reason i bring this up is because this week nintendo had a direct it was very exciting they announced a lot of cool stuff but they announced that n64 games in addition to sega genesis games are coming to the nintendo online service okay they haven't said how much it's going to cost yet, but it's going to be an expansion to the current $20 a year online fee, which already gives you NES games and SNES games, which I think is an outstanding value. So here are the games that are coming to Switch when this service comes out later this year. Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi Story, Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest back, games of all time. Winback which I'll get back to in a second because that's a game that's very close to my heart. Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, and this one, which is crazy, Sin and Punishment, which is a game that I recently recommended to you that you play on your POW kitty. Mm-hmm. And it was an import-only game on the N64 and the only game I've ever imported from Japan. And it is amazing. And this thing is going to, this is basically the first official, well, not really, because I guess it was on uh, the virtual console, but the fact that you can actually play it with a N64 controller. And the reason you could do that is because they're releasing a wireless N64 controller that's compatible with the Switch. It's awesome. This is such a cool lineup. And I'm going to go back to Winback to say that that game is so good. Probably one of the most underrated games of all time, because I don't know if you would have gears of war if you didn't have winback winback was the first game that i could remember that had a like that was purely focused around a cover system to play so you basically go into a room there'd be some cover that you could hide behind and then it was all about like popping up and shooting guys and it was trying to be like this metal gear solid style story your main character's name was jean Luc, i think which is hilarious it was fully voice acted it was it was batshit crazy a um, lot of fun. I recall it being really good looking. I haven't looked lately and maybe I should just to see. But I remember being like, wow, this game actually looks pretty solid for an N64 game. And it's it's the fact that this game is on the list and is probably one of my most played N64 games is crazy to imagine. It's beefy. Never even heard of it. It's good. I know. But basically, Winback came first. And then some point in the PS2 era, a game called Kill Switch came out which was the next game to have this cover, third-person cover system. And then Gears of War was the one that really brought it into prominence. And then every game did it after that. So, How is Wave Race not on this list? I don't know, because they also said what's going to come next. And these are... Um, so then, ones that are coming in the future, Majora's Mask, Mario Golf, Pokemon Snap, F-Zero X, which is great, because I've never actually played that game, Kirby 64, Paper Mario... Banjo-Kazooie, which is fascinating because that's actually a rare Xbox property now, which is very cool. So that gives hope for more rare stuff, like maybe a Diddy Kong's Racing. Um, 
And that's and then Custom Robo one and two are coming to Japan only. So I don't know. Wave Race should be a shoe in. I don't know Cause, why. Because that was a release game. It came out pretty early. Yeah, it was in the first year. I, I, ble- yeah. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a release game. Two games came out for the N sixty four on release: Mario sixty four and Pilot Wings sixty four. Oh, uh, that's which right. is another Pilot one Wings. that you would expect that's to right. be there. That's right. It was Pilot Wings. For some reason, I thought it was Wave, wave Race. Was close after, but yeah, I always get Wave Race and year. Pilot Wings because they're kind of. I mean, they're different, but it it you, it kind of has the same of like here's this obscure thing where you got to like go through little obstacles and things, and it's a bit of a race. Because um, yeah, Wave Race. I just remember Wave Race because you could ride a dolphin. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was like a special special yeah, move, right? That was it. You could ride the dolphin. That was all I remember about wave racing. You could do tricks and stuff, right? Like you'd go off of ramps and you'd be able to flip around your jet ski. And it's just like it's just <laughs> such a random game. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that that's not on there just for the nostalgia factor of it. But yeah, I mean, look, it's again, this is the stuff that Nintendo is great at when they actually decide to do it. Is that people buy Nintendo consoles because of first party classics and games that they remember generally right so like having exclusive access to n64 games like ocarina of time like that game's one of the greatest games ever and being able to put that on a switch will get people like me who are like i remember that game i'll buy that because maybe i don't want to play one of the new games that are out or i just want to play you know you want a bit of nostalgia to play something so yeah it's a smart move and it's to me it seems like it's easy to do but you already have the so, online service right so it's like an extra 10 bucks a year maybe that's what, I mean. is it's, what they're going to charge simple right like it's so not, easy it's not a lot yeah. of work so they would usually charge like on on wii and wii u they were charging like 15 bucks a pop for these so this is kind of a great deal i'm also watching yeah. a little bit of win back uh gameplay so i need to correct myself the the N64 version did not have voiceovers. I believe it was the PS2 port that did have voiceovers. But this game uh, graphically doesn't look too terrible. It almost looks exactly as I remember it does. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm so stoked to play this again Um, for about 15 minutes before I'm like, okay, time to play something else. Yeah, when you're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. I now remember why we make better games. Um, but exactly. yeah, but, but it's, I, it's cool to, it's cool to, and again, that's the thing, right? Like if it's just simply trying to get you into their ecosystem of online stuff, then it works. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. very cool. I'm excited. I'm, I'm just waiting for them to make this controller available because having a wireless N64 controller to play these games sounds awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for more people to play sin and punishment than ever before, because that game's incredible. It's just really, really incredible. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was one of the cool things that happened this week uh, in the in the world of Vigi games. So, yeah, that just that's all I really wanted to talk about as otherwise right. media therapy wise. I've just I finished. I got a I was able to complete Dreamscaper. It's very good. And um, that's it. I haven't really I've been playing more Deathloop. The game's very good. Good. Very good. Worth worth purchase or worth waiting? Worth a purchase. I just don't know if I'm not like so e- eager to keep jumping in because of playing it on PC and it's just such an odd way to play it for me. So it feels more cumbersome than just turning on a console. I don't know if that makes any sense, psychologically speaking. Uh, but when I play it, I, I do really enjoy it. The level design is very cool. There's an interesting sense of verticality and freedom. And there's a there's this cool thing. So the whole premise of Deathloop is that the day restarts... The, the day is constantly resetting and you're trying to break the loop by killing eight people and you need to kill all eight in one day. It's not 
as intimidating as it sounds, it's not a roguelike or roguelite or anything like that. Um, it has some of those elements to it, but that's by no means the actual thing that's going on in this game. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite linear and handholdy if you want it to be. Um, like you'll consistently, you basically only have four sections in the game at four different time periods that you can go to. So the day evolves from morning, afternoon, evening, and night. And you go to any of those four sections and they'll evolve depending on the thing that happened the time before, be it things that you've done or characters you've killed. Like they go through their own cycle. Hmm. So it's kind of clever the way it's set up without being overwhelming. And you can always set up objectives and they clearly map to what is available to do and how you can manipulate things at any given point. And then you have general things you can discover along the way. Um, But I do love this structure and the way that things are built. It's kind of like the deus ex way that I love so much, which is you're in this environment. That's where the thing you need to do is. And you kind of find yourself getting there in unique and interesting ways um, without being told explicitly, hey, you can go that way if you want to sneak in or you can go that way to just shoot people. It doesn't punish you for being stealthy or going in guns a blazing. So you can do whatever you want. It's very cool. Um, like you get a bunch of these tools that were in Dishonored, which was their some of their previous titles. And with that game, if you killed a bunch of people, you were basically punished and the game become exceptionally harder and you got a bad ending. Whereas this mm-hmm. one, it's like doesn't really matter at all. And they have yeah. and they have this really cool feature where while you're in this trying to break the loot, there's another woman, uh Juliana, who's trying to stop you. And there's this online component where somebody can invade your game and play as Juliana and it becomes this kind of PVP experience. Mm. And I kept that on just to see what it was like. And it's really cool because if you die, if she kills you, then that'll basically reset the loop. If she kills you three times, you get like three chances per segment, right? So if you, but if she kills you three times, then your day resets. So if you haven't like done something to preserve an item, then you lose it. It's not as punishing as it sounds because you have hmm. plenty of those things and you you get a lot of tools. Um, but it still like really heightens things because they tell you from the jump. It's like Juliana's here. You're like, oh, shit. I got to find this woman. I got to find her or I got to get out. <laughs> so gotcha. it's okay. uh, while simultaneously you're trying to do that one objective. So the design is really clever. It's just awesome how it works with the amount of systems that are going on. It doesn't feel as... Um, like the difference between Prey or Dishonored or even something like Deus Ex where you can, where I would go through a, I'd go into a room and I just comb everything and you pick everything up and you could throw everything and the world feels more interactive. This doesn't have that. It seems like more of it is focused around the various systems and world building and how various people interact with other people and how and cause and effect. So there's a lot of complex stuff going on, and it's really, really cool when you see it start to come together. And the presentation's awesome. Love the characters, love the interaction. Like your main character, Colt, is like can constantly talk to Juliana. So their banter is really funny. And uh yeah, I, I really dig it. So I'm looking forward to playing more. Uh cool. Steam kind of screwed me because one I tried to get on the other night, tried to play it for a little bit and because Steam was down, couldn't play it because you can't play offline on Steam. It's really stupid. <laughs> PC yep. gaming. Yeah. All right. Very lame. 
I guess speaking of gaming, because I do want to move on to some movies, I did watch a movie that we've talked about here before. Do you, do you have a Paul Giamatti for me before we begin? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's do this one, because I had one. This is a good call. Uh, here we go. Who's older? This guy came up before. So we're going to do this one. Norman Reedus or Paul Giamatti. Do you know who Norman Reedus is? Star of he's Death the Stranding. Guy that plays, he's the guy that plays uh, the dude from Walking Dead with the bow and arrow. That's right. If he's older than Paul Giamatti, God bless him. Because um, I'm going to say he's, I'm, I don't even think he's 50 yet. I would say he's 48, 49. He is 52. He is younger wow. than Paul Giamatti. But yeah, he's younger, but still. Close. It is That's very close. close. Wow, he's 52. Norman, he's, he's looking pretty good now, to be fair. That Walking Dead show has been on about seven seasons too long. <laughs> it is. I stopped watching probably around the fourth season. And I, I was really into that show. Like, the second season of that show, even though um, I, I now forget the guy's name, his friend, when he kind of goes off the deep end and starts going crazy. The guy is played by John. He always The guy that plays the same character and everything. The guy that played the Punisher. Oh, okay. Um, John starts with a B. Barenthal, I think is his name. I think is how you say it. Oh, okay. Um, not, guy not, always the plays guy, this... not the guy with the bat, right? No, no. That's And again, that's what I mean. I never watched any of that stuff. That stuff's oh, all okay. later seasons because I was out after the fourth season because it's just, it turns into the same thing over and over and over again. But that the fact that that show is still on is crazy. Like, like they, like, spoiler alert, but they killed Rick in like ep- episode, or sorry, season like nine. So that dude Rick's been off that show for years. It's just Norman Reedus. I think he's the only guy who's still around. Norman Reedus and uh, the woman who's uh, in Black Panther who plays Michelle. I think she's in it still. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I do know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think she's still in it. I think. Yeah, but she... but. But that or, 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 sorry, show I, I, follows. I think it's actually Michonne instead of Michelle. Yeah, but that show follows the comics, and they're not done with the comics, so they'll go and. No, they're they... done with the comics. The comics are over, I believe. I think the no, comics no. just ended. I know. Um, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The show will go up until the plot of the comics, the comics has been covered. I, I read. I read the comic because the comic they had gotten up to where they got up to with the dude with the bat. They they've been they were there years ago, right? Hmm. And it's different. Okay. It's definitely different. They take some liberties, which is you do with the TV show to make it better. Like, for example, in the comic, Rick loses his hand very early. They cut Rick's hand off. It's like one of the it's like within the first 20 books of the comic. And obviously that makes it a little harder to have a show when your main character only has one hand. And I don't actually know if they ever cut his hand off, to be honest. I don't know. I know that I know that the kid loses his eye. Carl loses his eye at some point on the TV show. Carl, but I don't think they ever right. cut Rick's hand off. But that was one of the main points of the show of the comic is that they cut his hand off super early, and then he's just this, he's kind of this sheriff with one hand. And they didn't do that in the show. So there's stuff like that that's not the same. But yeah, I'm like the fact that Norman Reedus has made his career off of that show. Good for him because he's he's the he's the backbone of that show. Um, and now Death I don't Stranded. think that's. Yeah, and now Death Stranding. So yeah, I don't. And again, like he's Norman Reedus. He's become a like again. He's he's part of the nerd, the nerd fan fiction group of of people. So he's going to make his career off of that. So good for him. I didn't know he was in his fifties though. Wow. Yeah, it's looking good. Good for him. Yeah. The way you need to look up, if you haven't seen it, you got to look up uh, him drinking a Monster Energy drink in uh, <laughs> Death Stranding. It's one of the best things ever, because this dude just straight up chugs a Monster Energy drink in that game, and it's fully branded. And it's uh, it's really good. And he's like, it's a full body event. 
when it happens. <laughs> it is, it's interesting, though, how more of these big television stars are getting to, like, I keep seeing these ads with Giancarlo Esposito, I think that's how you say it. Oh, yeah, for Far Cry 6, yeah. Who's now in Far Cry 6, because you just get, you're getting these big, these big movie stars, television stars and movie stars to be main characters in video games, whether it's, you know, and I'm assuming that the Keanu Reeves thing was probably blown out of proportion a bit for that game that came out and everyone hated because it was buggy. Um, Yeah. But, but yeah, like you just kind of get, and I'm watching Norman Reedus chug this monster energy drink. Yeah. Did you? Um, yeah. So, but, but that's just kind of where we are with. It's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. Yeah. Like, like, they pan it over. You see a close shot of these drinks, and then he's just like throwing this thing down. He is he's sitting on the chair. He's leaning back to get the rest of it down. Oh man, it is it is an event. His hands in the air. His legs are in the air. He's swinging them. He- yeah, <laughs> so it's done. It's just yep, just at that. that God, just he's, and looking at this thing, that he's in his fifties. That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, look. Speaking of video games, I watch Free Guy. Yeah. You liked it. You loved it. So, so, do, so do we want to spoil this? Because you talked about this briefly. Um, yeah. You know what? We're an hour twenty. Let's let's talk about Free Guy and then. Uh, I've got one more movie thing as well. After, oh, you know what? Let's talk about Free start Guy. Start with after, the so one. Spoil it. Yeah, start with the one, and then we'll finish with Free Guy spoilers. So I watch Old as well. Oh boy, you lo- you have you it. seen Old? No, you seen it? I will never. I will never watch that movie. Really. What and, no and why interest. is that? Is it is it is it is it a squeamish factor? Is it a the movie sucks factor? <laughs> why why yeah, why are you not interested in watching old? I just know it's gonna make me uncomfortable and upset. So I just I don't want to watch it. I also know what happens already because I I when they said what it was announced, I was like that's an interesting premise, and then I looked up the actually the comic book that it's based on and i was like oh it's off, this it's is off a book as well i think i think it's off of a, a regular it was novel. a graphic novel it a it's book? like a french oh, yeah okay. it's like a french graphic novel called sandcastles yeah and that thing's like and i read that i was like oh this is just going to be super depressing and then i listened to a bunch of spoilers and reactions and i actually i i would say this movie seems to be more funny because of how it's made versus sad the premise is still like super sad and depressing but the execution of it like what do they have a rapper named named, named like something sedan four-door sedan or something it's called <laughs> it's called midside sedan now i i, I, I now, sedan. now that's now that's what i want to bring up right it, so m night Shyamalan is a very interesting person right i would argue he's one of the most known names in film when it mm-hmm. comes to directing I would say what he's maybe top twenty in just known names, right? If you say name me twenty directors, oh yeah, his name sure. I think comes up at some point in that discussion. He's not top ten, right? He's not. Scorsese. He's a brand. He's not. He's, he's a, a brand. brand, right? He's a brand. When an M Night Shyamalan thing comes up, you're thinking like, okay, I kind of know what I'm getting. I'm going to get something that's a little weird. I'm going to get something that has an interesting premise, and I'm going to get something that generally is well direct, like it's well filmed, right? Like it looks good. Mm-hmm. Like the set pieces look good, interesting scenery. This man can't write to save his life. His characters, the more that they suck, they do. He's not very good at directing people, I don't believe. Like, I think he makes great looking images. I think the premise of what he's doing and the stories that he's latched onto are interesting. Like, the premise of this movie is interesting. But when it comes to actually like dialogue, and how characters like interact with each other and how's the story like you know how to make you actually feel like because that's the thing right for a movie like this so to tell people the premise of this movie without spoiling it basically 
you start with this family, right? So it's a family of four, um, a husband and a wife, and they're two young kids. I think their daughter is 11 and their son is six. And they show up to this resort. And you come to find out that the mom has a tumor, right? So this is kind of their last big, like, hey, we want to do one big vacation because we're obviously she's very worried about what this tumor means and what it, you know, future and you got young kids, et cetera. So she's just like, hey, I just want to go have a good time. And I, I won a sweepstakes to go to this resort. So they go to this resort, and at some point, M. Night Shyamalan, who is in the movie, appears as this bus driver and goes, hey, look, there's this secluded island, or there's a secluded beach that if you guys want to go to, right? It's just private. It's real quiet. Your kids can swim. It's great. Everyone can, you know, you can play around, and it's awesome, and no one knows about it. So at some point, they all get in this truck, and then you start meeting other families who come on with you. So there's a family that's an older guy with a doctor, and he's got this young wife, right? It's so like this young Instagram model wife. And there's another guy with a with a nurse, and a, or sorry, the guy's a the guy's a nurse, and he's with this woman who has seizures. So you kind of come to find out that all these people who end up on this secluded beach all have some type of medical issue. And so when they're on this beach, you slowly start to see that time progresses differently. And obviously, given the title of the movie, people start to age very quickly. So all of a sudden, the kids are there and you turn around and the kid, you know, the the girl, when she's 11 years old, all of a sudden she kind of goes through puberty and she's a 15 year old and the son is six. And then all of a sudden he turns into a 10 year old and like time is just progressing on this island. And that's the premise. Right. So you can see what comes with that. Right. People die. Stuff happens. Yada, yada, yada. So I don't want to spoil it, but that's the premise of the movie. If you read the synopsis. And you don't care about any of these characters because I just think he doesn't do a good job of writing personality into these characters. Like it's just like the dialogue and the way that they interact with each other. It doesn't feel like, oh man, I really feel for this woman who has this tumor. Like you don't build any type of connection with these people. So it just turns into like, well, I wonder where this experiment is going. And there's weird stuff, right? Like, and they try to hint of like it, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but like the 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 kid who's six is there's another young girl who's on the island, and I think she, when she comes there, she's like three or four. And obviously, as they start to mature, you know, they end up having a bit of a relationship, but it happens at like super quick speed, right? Where yeah, which is crazy. You got because... two young people who hit puberty at the same time. And then stuff happens, right? So I don't want to spoil what happens, but stuff happens. Well, you and it's just kind of the trailer. Like, yeah, and again, I, I didn't watch the trailer for this. I didn't see anything about this. I just knew this was a in a movie, and Alice was a fan of what she was a fan of signs and a couple other of these movies. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it, like whatever. And I just find that he, this is always the the few movies that I've seen of his. You've just come to find out he's not a very good writer of dialogue. He's like the opposite of like an Aaron Sorkin. Where it's like the dialogue is packed and like sure the, the premise around it is flimsy, but hell, he's directed the hell out of these actors to give a performance. Where this it's more like M. Night Shyamalan is probably sitting at a table going, What if wh- this crazy concept, right? You show up on an island and you're old. What do we do? And it's like, how about the Instagram model or you know, she starts to have, you know, calcium deficiency. And the doctor's got mental health issues. Like, it turns into all that stuff where it's just, like, people throwing out ideas to see, like, what happens if we do this? And then you just go through this big set piece of this thing happening. But, like, the actual story and the connection to the characters, you don't care about much. And that's always the problem because then it just becomes funny of watching these weird, random scenarios happen to these people. And, like, yeah, like, you got this guy who's a rapper and his name is Midsize Sedan. You're just like, yeah, he's not a very good writer of characters. I don't think. And it, this is, I think this is a problem with every movie that he directs. Like, for example, the last Airbender movie, right? Oh, well, that's the one of the there. worst movies of all time. The premise is there. 
You've got something that's already written, that's got great, awesome characters that everyone is already connected to who's interested in watching this, right? Like, if you're interested in watching Avatar The Last Airbender, you've watched the cartoon. And when you get there, the problem with that movie isn't that the visual effects don't look cool. Isn't that that the premise isn't cool. It's that the characters suck. And the way that the, that the actors are directed to be these characters is empty and there's nothing there. And that, to me, is his consistent issue. I, he wouldn't If he teamed up with someone that could actually direct and write good dialogue and characters, he'd be one of the greatest directors of all time. But he likes writing his own stuff. And it's not good. What a shame. What a shame. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Free Guy, shall we? Yeah. Um, and if but you want to be depressed, for, for, by the way. I, I guess for my review of old, and sorry, I knocked my headphones off. So that's why I went quiet there for a second. Fair enough. I, I, I give it a six. I give it a wow. seven. If you're, an M, if you're an M. Night Shyamalan fan, I give it a seven because it's fun to watch. If you're just, okay. if you want a random horror movie, kind of horror, more suspense because there's some gruesome parts, but for the most part, it's more suspenseful. I give it a six. But wow. if you're an M. Night Shyamalan fan, I give it a seven. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. If you, and if you want to check out the original Sandcastles and be depressed, Go for it. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, right. so moving away from depression, free guy. Yeah, let's talk about some good times here, because this is a fun-ass movie, and if you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> Man, R- Ryan Reynolds, I-, I like the fact that he's leaned into just being this guy. It's great. Because he's great at it. I-, mm-hmm. I-, I don't know if this is him, because it might be. This might just be who he is, but the way that he kind of does acting if he does it kind of in this Deadpool-esque way where you're kind of half talking to us when you're doing it, it's really fun to watch. It's great. Yeah. Um, the premise of the movie, I liked it. It's got a bit of Ready Player One in there, but different, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept of it, like I said, there's quite a bit of, and I think you said this at the time, there's quite a bit of lingo and set pieces is in, yeah, that are in gamer there. Gamer jargon. Wanted, gamer jargon, but also game development jargon which is interesting, <laughs> which you don't see a lot of. And some of it's wrong. Start talking about like collision meshes and stuff. And you're like, well, that's not how that works. But I get it. I get where you're going. You're trying to go a little deeper, right? Than just, it's a video game, NPC, versus like, hey, this is how game development actually is. And code and AI, but like some of it's real hand wavy. But what do you expect? Like, right, it's a movie. Game development isn't that exciting <laughs> to make a movie out of. But they made it exciting. Um, yeah, this movie is a lot of fun. Alice even liked this movie, so that should show you that it's fun. Someone who does not care nice. about video games at all found that this was fun to watch and didn't understand what an NPC was. I'd explain to her what an NPC was. Right. Um, they don't explain that until 30 minutes into the movie. Yes. So I was actually character. wondering that because yeah. she, yeah, okay, cool. Well, that answers that but, question. But, but when I explained the premise of it, I explained it in because I started watching this and she was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, it's 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 a game where Ryan Reynolds plays an NPC. And she goes, I don't know what that is. And I go, an NPC, a non-playable character. So the premise is he's a non-playable character in an online game where there's real people outside of the game. And so he is slowly becoming self-aware that, you know, the people with the sunglasses are, you know, are different. They can do things that I can't do. And, you know, part of my job is I, I, you know, I'm I'm a bank teller and someone comes in here, robs a bank. I get down on the floor and I talk about, hey, I want more out of life. There's more things that I'd like to do. And then at some point, the big climactic part that sort of changes the entire narrative of this that starts the movie is when he kind of kills one of the one of the players and takes his sunglasses. 
And that kind of opens up what this world actually is to the people who are outside of it. And it, it, it becomes very relatable where it's just like, yeah, okay, this is a computer. Ryan Reynolds is just in a computer game and he becomes self-aware <laughs> that he's kind of in a computer game over the course of the movie. And then it's just what happens with all the fun things if you actually don't, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto and all you do is the good things instead of the bad things. And that's kind of what becomes the premise of the movie. It's a good time. It was great. It's great to watch. Ryan Reynolds is funny. Um, out The outside world of it was good. Taika was a little heavy-handed, but that's kind of what you expect, right? Like, whatever. It's fine. Um, enjoyable enough to watch. And that always helps when you when Kiwis love watching Taika because you just hear your goofy accent on, on the movie and it makes you laugh. It's good. It's a good yeah, time. Exactly. It's good. Yeah, he did it's what he needed to do. It got a little yeah. crazy at the end. He got a little crazy at the end when he's destroying axes. the servers and it's yeah, yeah. It's like it's like, okay, wait, wait a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean I would I definitely see a sequel coming to this. Right? Yeah, probably. Like, they they left it in a way that you could just be perfectly fine with the way that it is. But I totally see a sequel coming to this because Ryan Reynolds is charismatic enough that the rest of he's one of these guys that if he shows up, he's a bit like The Rock, really. If he shows up, the movie for the most part is going to be entertaining. Can everyone else around him fill fill in the gaps to make it a good movie? Right? Like you can always watch The Rock in a movie. But can you do more than just watch The Rock in a movie? Can you make it a decent film? And they did that. And sometimes that's a struggle, right? Like, there's a few actors who have this problem. Denzel has this problem. Um, I'd say Anthony Hop- Hopkins has this problem, right? Where it's like, they're in there, I want to watch them because they're just great. And they're going to put everything into this role. But is everyone else around them going to be good enough? And is the, and everyone else also like the director or the writers? Like, is there enough content around them to actually make the movie good knowing that Ryan Reynolds is just going to be great. Like, I've not seen Ryan Reynolds in a movie where I've been like, eh, maybe some, but the people love the Van Wilder stuff. Like, there's just all of these cult things with him that you're just like, he's fun to watch. He's a fun human being to watch be in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. And he's just, it does, it does come across as genuine as well. It, it does. does and again, as... when it could be real, when it could be real douchey, right? Yeah. Like he's even kind of poking fun of himself, kind of it. Like you know, he's, he's a good looking guy. He's in good shape, and the big thing at the end that they they release this big, basically muscled out version of himself that he's got to fight. And it's just like even a bit of that. It's, it's a that bit of tongue funny. in cheek. It was hilarious, right? But I gotta it's ask a bit of yeah. The that the one thing that stood out to me where I was like, this is some, this is some kind of bullshit, which is. And I wonder if this would have even existed if Disney didn't buy Fox is when he pulled out a lightsaber at the end. Yes. <laughs> so do you think that was there before Disney bought Fox? There's no way, right? Well, and I think, and this is what I mean by Ryan Reynolds. Because they also, they also play the music. They also play the Star Wars music when they do it. I was like, this is too much just give us the but lightsaber I, that's one thing and then you don't need to do the rest of it and then there was also avenger stuff in there too but that's what i mean that's ryan reynolds who probably was looking at this going like this is owned by disney right can we do this can you can, can i have a lightsaber at some point and they kind of probably made it happen like i i totally believe that that type of stuff happens organically with him because he seems to be into enough of popular culture to say what what happens if I pull out a lightsaber in the middle of this movie? That's a bit of a wink and a nod to well, now this thing's owned by Disney, so I'm going to use Disney stuff in this movie. 
But it was Which done. was like, it's, but that, that's what I mean. Like, who knows that he just didn't cut that. Like, the guy is, the fact that he, again, one of the most amazing things ever was the fact that he was able to, he made Deadpool happen. Him and him alone. Let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. Because that stuff wasn't going to happen without him. Without him, basically, kind of leaking that thing, doing this testing, building up a cult of this audience. It's a bit of how he rolls, which means if someone, if he goes to Disney and says, "I want a lightsaber in this movie," or "I want some," I want to pull out Captain America's shield and get Chris Evans to look at the screen of this thing. That's him saying, "Well, now that I'm in Disney, I get to play with these things too." Yeah, probably. I guess so. I did. Yeah, I did laugh my ass off when I saw Chris Evans. I thought that was great. But but it, but that's that's and that's why Ryan Reynolds is great. That's why it's hard to dislike him, is because he kind of he pokes fun at himself and he pokes fun at all the things around him. I mean, he's kind of been spending the last three years poking fun at Hugh Jackman, Jackman in a way that should be a little cringy, but he still finds a way to make it endearing and likable, which is just it's a it's a real gift um, to be able to do that stuff because people might get tired of your shtick. And The Rock does this as well. Kevin Hart does this. Like, there's something about being kind of not really being a. I mean, Kevin Hart's a comedian, but the other two aren't, right? But being able to play on these popular culture comedic things and play with other actors to say, look, we're regular people too. And so I make fun of my friends the way that you might make fun of your friends. And it just comes across as endearing. Like, it's, it's really hard to dislike Ryan Reynolds, even though there's part of you that wants to dislike him, but it's hard. Sure. So is. yeah, good. I again, I highly recommend that movie, even if you don't really know video game stuff. I think it's just, I think he's very charming to watch. So I give that movie a nine. Um, if it's we're a doing a ten, it's a good movie. So yeah, and I for enjoyed a it. Premise like that that has every opportunity to fail and not work. Yes, it's somehow a lot of video game to, movies that sell it. Pixels, not a good movie. Oh yeah, but video game movies in general are getting better. I don't know if you saw that. Um, that uh, they announced who's going to be in that Super Mario Brothers movie. Aren't they making another Super Mario oh, Brothers movie? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like really disrupted. Like a lot of people hate it. <laughs> we don't know anything about the movie, but it's crazy because you have Chris Pratt as Mario. Um, who the hell was Luigi? Was Anna Taylor Charlie Joy, Day. which is Charlie and, and Day Anna, and, is Luigi. And, and Anna Taylor Joy, who played the girl from or who played the, the main character from Queen's Gambit. Yeah, it's, it's a great pretty, choice. She's great choice because she looks kind of like her. <laughs> it's it's animated. It's animated. It's being made by Illumination, the guys who did Minions. But, but the, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like she, she just. I look at her face and go, "Oh yeah, she can play that." I totally see that, even if it's animated. But yeah, and like Jack Black as Bowser, which is wonderful. Yeah, which is, but which is, which is what you do. I just. It was just such a weird because that was also in the direct, and it's very strange. I I can't wait to see what this thing looks like and the angle they take. I'm not one who's just like. Oh, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be different, but we'll see. I don't, I, I mean, look, you can't do worse than the 90s Super Mario Brothers movie because that thing is crazy. I mean, I mean, Seth Rogen's going to be Donkey Kong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this this yeah. is just where we are, where it's like, again, like being, being a nerd and liking this stuff is so profitable that everyone's going to gravitate towards this stuff and the movie's going to be okay, right? Like, it, I don't think... Th- we're not making bad video game movies anymore. Like, they're all okay. Like, they're okay or they're good. Be careful. Uh, we'll find out. N- 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 name me the last bad the last bad popular culture movie with video games or comic books was Pixels. I get, well, Tomb Raider was fine. I thought Tomb Raider was okay fine. with Alicia okay. Vikander. Was, yeah. That's what I mean. It was, okay. it was an okay movie. You watched it. 
And there was enough of a premise and a story around it that it was it was better than those Angelina Jolie movies, by far. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the list by release date order. Werewolves Within. Oh right, that maybe that Assassin's came out. Creed. Oh yeah, people actually didn't hate this. That was about um, like for example, oh, right, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I know when Mortal the test Kombat. came out. Everyone Monster talked Hunter. about how what did, I thought people didn't like Monster Hunter. I, I I didn't hate it. Like it wasn't like watching the Mario Brothers from the nineties. Yeah, you might be right. right? Like it's I, not like they're not awful. Like even that Need for Speed movie is not. It's it, it's fine. Like like they're not yeah. bad. Maybe, maybe Warcraft. Yeah, I was just saying. Yeah, right. Assassin's but Creed even, was rough. Assassin's Creed was bad. That's mine, right? But like e- like even even a movie like Rampage that I worked on. It's good. It's fine. Really it's serviceable. Fun. It's, fun, it's fun, right? You got the rock in there. You put enough pieces around him. You make a decent movie. Is it going to win awards? No. But you go yeah. in there, you have a good time, and then you move away from it. But like, de- I mean, like look, Detective when you Pikachu, have... right? Like that that movie's great. Detective Pikachu is a lot of fun, even though it's a I... movie with Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu. Like it just it's it's just endearing and it's fun. I mean, look, Rampage was a hell of a technical achievement, right? Because on one hand, you had a fully CGI character. And then on the other hand, you had this giant monkey. <laughs> like it was, it was really impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, like that's we're just making better video game movies because more people are inter- Like more people are either interested in the content or they're willing to they're willing to put in money to the content. It's no longer some random director going. I played Mario Brothers once or twice. It's people actually going. I care what the fans think about this like sonic the hedgehog that movie got saved by releasing that trailer they saved that movie because that movie was going to be terrible it was that movie was going to be awful yeah, it was and, they comp- and that movie is not bad that movie's not bad at all and they're going to make a sequel to it and th- that 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 back in the day would have been dead in the water they would have released that thing and everyone would have talked about video game movies suck and they're all awful i mean i even go back to like doom right the rock was in that doom movie and that Doom movie's not good. Carl Urban just come, too. I can't do just that off the top to, of my head. Yeah, we just we just come to a different part. Like the Mortal Kombat movie was a lot of fun to watch. I I enjoyed watching that movie. Um, now is it going to win awards? Is it this thing that I want to see more and more versions of? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But it's the fact that I I can look there and go, yeah, the Mortal Kombat movie had some pretty great set pieces and it was fun to watch. Yeah, I'm just waiting for for these movies to have like their MCU moment. I don't think we're quite there yet. I think we're close. I think a couple of things to look out for. Uncharted is coming out next year in February. I don't yep. have high hopes for that because I don't know that some of that some Spider-Man of the descriptions. Kid, people, yeah, people I know love that but, Spider-Man. But kid. the way he talks about it does not sound like Uncharted. <laughs> it's really strange. So it's going to be interesting. I think not film, but whatever the H, whatever HBO does with the Last of Us show is going to be very interesting. Hmm. And then you have a good. And then um, I can't wait to see what. Uh, Jordan Vogt Roberts does with uh, the Metal Gear Solid movie, like that thing's gonna be wild because that that game was notorious for also being very film like, and Kojima's obsessed with with yeah. movies and cinema and cinematics and there's a lot of interesting angles that can be taken there, but I think the turning point is probably gonna be the um, it's not even gonna be a show if you're just talking about live action media itself it's probably gonna be that Last of Us show on HBO. I think that's what when you make people perk up, be like, oh, there's something here. 
Yeah, but again, that, that's, and that's something that already has a pretty good, like sort of like the God of War movie that they'll make, right, at some point. Like there's enough there that as long as you get, as long as you kind of stick to the content, you should be okay. And the problem is they've like on the older versions of these movies, they try to break away from the content and try to make it more than what it is. And that's when it kind of starts to fall apart, especially for these big set piece games where like Uncharted needs to be a needs to be about Nathan Drake finding an artifact. And if you turn it into something else, it's not going to be good. But if you stick to the core principles of what it is, like that's kind of why that Tomb Raider movie was good. They didn't try to make this some big Angelina Jolie movie piece. It was about there's this artifact that's in the that's in this ancient temple, and that's the whole purpose of the movie. It's the these mazes and these traps and these things that the the new Laura Croft, the young the young Laura Croft has to get through. And that's that's kind of what they need to do. Like Mario Brothers, like it doesn't need to be about like w- didn't they own like a that that nineties movie was weird. It was oh, yeah. it was like it was Super Mario Brothers, but it wasn't. When ideally, yeah. you just got to make the Super Mario Brothers animated movie being about basically like playing a Mario video game and you're good. So yeah, anyways, uh, Free Guy was very good and video game movies aren't so bad anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to give you one more bonus movie thing to talk about here. It's going to be quick. I rewatched slash listened to The Greatest Showman today. The Broadway you keep huge asking joint. me about this one, and uh, and let me tell you something. It. After watching this movie from nearly start to finish, half watching because I was also doing a whole bunch of hockey administrative stuff that I needed to do. Um, this movie's bad. <laughs> it is dishonest. It is fraudulent. The greatest Showman. Wait it a is, minute. I'm not. I'm not done. Let me finish. <laughs> it is hacky. The, the lyrics are trite and very on the nose. The dancing is silly. The The whole story's weird and a lie, which I think I've already said. But God damn it, I enjoyed the fuck out of that movie. Very enjoyable. And um, yeah, I still say you should watch it just to experience it because I would love to hear your opinions on that and The Legend of Bagger Bands. That's it. I've said my piece. I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see how this week goes. Okay. Cool. And with that, Go to he'sabroad.com. Check out all the links. Uh, review us on iTunes. Do all that stuff. Haven't checked in a while. Had a lot of listens in the last couple of weeks. It's been interesting, which is cool. Uh, so, yeah, if you're listening, thank you. And if you made it this far, big thank you. And uh, just go a little bit further and give us that review on iTunes. That'd be much appreciated. And until next time, this podcast is over.